0: Welcome back again to Your Daily Bible Podcast as we continue working through the book of John together. Today we are going to be in John chapter 4. Today I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to read you the passage, and as I read through the passage, I'm going to talk you through um, the commentary portion of my usual podcast so that we'll do it all as we move through it. So we'll start in verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judah and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on his way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Okay, so let's stop here for the first time. Jesus has is traveling and he makes the choice to travel through Samaria. Now many Jews in Jesus's day would have actually gone around the Samaritan lands and the reason is is the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along and that's saying it mildly. There was huge prejudice and huge racism that existed in that day between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a people that actually descended from when the Jews were carried off into captivity in the northern kingdom long ago by the Assyrian empire, the offspring of those mixed-blooded, half-race Jew and Samaritan and uh, Assyrian people were known as Samaritans, and the Jews hated them. The Samaritans had their own mountain where they performed uh, sacrifice. They had their own holy places, and the Jews felt that they were the worst of all the worst. So now Jesus, unlike his fellow countrymen, travels through Samaria. And when he gets there, he stops and drinks from this famous well, Jacob's well where we find a woman at noontime drawing water. Now this would be abnormal. Remember, this is a desert environment. And if just to this day, if you go to desert environments where the wells like this are still used, you will find they travel in the morning when it's not as hot to gather their water. So there's a reason that this woman is there in the middle of the day when there's not a crowd. And then Jesus begins a conversation with her and she's shocked. Because Jewish men do not speak to Samaritans, let alone a Samaritan woman. And so, Jesus replies to her question. She says, why are you asking me for a drink? And we pick back up in verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Now, she doesn't understand this at all. Listen to what she says in verse 11. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh and bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, Jesus is clearly not speaking about any physical water, but the woman still doesn't understand. She's thinking, wait a minute water that gives eternal life. I mean, maybe we're talking about like the fountain of youth here, you know, she's Ponce de Leon all of a sudden. And so she says, verse 15, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Verse 16, Jesus says, go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You certainly have spoken the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Okay, I want you to see what happens here now. So Jesus has just identified this woman and told us probably the reason why she's there midday Getting water and not there when all the rest of the women in town are there because, well, she's had five husbands and she's sleeping with a man right now that's not her husband. This woman is either a prostitute or somebody that certainly has had a long track record with men in the village. So now, Jesus has just done this incredible word of personal prophecy and she responds by saying, I see you're a prophet. But then look at what she does. She immediately changes the subject when she feels uncomfortable. Look what she does. We'll pick it back up now in verse 20. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped? So she changes the subject to a religious topic, probably something that people talked about all the time. This is one of the major differences between the Samaritans and the Jews. So verse 21, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming and indeed is now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus declares to her that right now you worship here, we worship there, but a time is coming where none of that is going to matter. And in fact, that time is now where God will be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So she responds in verse 25. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Now listen to what Jesus says. Because so often I hear people say, why didn't Jesus speak more plainly? Why did he always speak in riddles or in parables? Why didn't he declare exactly who he was? Well, listen to verse 26. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Now, verse 27. Just then his disciples came back, and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them have the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. I want you to see something amazing that's just happened. This woman has come face to face with Jesus. And Jesus, despite the culture and despite the customs, treated her with kindness, with respect. He spoke to her in a culture that very clearly, from the prejudice the disciples have just shown, that was not the custom. And. When this woman came face to face with Jesus, she was changed. She left her water jar beside the well, that she left her possessions there and ran back to her village and gave a personal testimony that she has found someone that could possibly be the Messiah. And the people came streaming out of the village following her. Verse 31, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Now, the disciples are a lot like you and I and a lot like the Samaritan woman. They just don't get it. They're constantly thinking only of the physical, like we often do. So verse 33, the disciples say, Did someone bring food to you while we were gone? The disciples asked one another. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, there are four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. I want you to just picture what's happening. They're out at the well. The woman has gone into the village. She's bringing the whole village. You're going to find out in a minute. The whole village is on its way to meet jesus and jesus is looking out over this massive crowd of people that's coming towards them and he's telling his disciples look up look around the harvest is ready it's ripe and you guys are about to be part of a a massive abundant harvest of people into eternal life verse 39 Many Samaritans from that village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then he said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourself. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. I just want you to contrast this to the Jewish villages that Jesus has been ministering in. As Jesus has done huge miracles, healed people, massive public displays of his power, and yet the Jews seem to chase him out village to village because they think they have a better understanding of what the Messiah will really be like and what he'll do and what he won't do. Compare that to this village who Jesus has simply performed what I would call a minor miracle compared to many of the others, in that he was in a conversation with this woman and told her um, some facts about her past. And that has led to whole crowds of people being saved and coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Later in scripture Jesus will use the analogy of different types of soil to represent different types of people, and this village and this place was ripe soil, ready for harvest, and the testimony of this woman led to a massive revival breaking out. Let me ask you, what is the soil like where you live? And what could you, sharing your testimony about meeting Jesus and what he's done for your life, what impact could that have on your city? on your neighborhood, and on your family. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you came and you sought us out. You didn't wait for us to figure it out. You didn't wait for us to find you. Just like this woman at the well, you found her. That you met us that you cared for us and loved us, and that, Jesus, that you have saved us. I pray we will be like the Samaritan woman, and we will use our testimony to go and tell many, many, many people about what you've done in our life, and that we would see the harvest is ripe, and that you are seeking and saving the lost, and that you have a great plan to use our life to affect the lives of many. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.